Flushing girl from Flushing. The nanny named Fran. Oh, Mr. Sheffield. Uh, uh, Miss Fine. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to Oh, Mr. Sheffield, a podcast about the nanny. What's the nanny? It's a sitcom from when? The 90s. Starring whom? Fran Drescher. That's right. And I am Shondi Pasquale here with... Toria Sheffield. And in that context, it would be starring who? God damn it. (laughs) Off to a terrible start. Uh, We're here to talk about the unkindest cut season three episode 11 of the nanny this is the one wherein there's a bris we get to hear all about the uh horrible and barbaric practice (laughs) of uh of a baby's bris um Uh, yep yep it's the episode where fran tasks brighton with filming a family bris too yes this episode has everything we learn that mr sheffield wrote a novel that's really just like a um bridgerton-esque retelling of the nanny we learn that um we learn that brighton has a camcorder uh and we and and we get to to also learn all about uh bris and then we get a great um bit at the end for I some mean, reason where they go to ta- it goes all over the place it takes a weird turn it's it a, weird a weird turn. we'll get there to we'll the point there. where i looked down checked my phone looked up and went uh-oh i think i missed something major <laughs> <laughs> no that's just what was happening it kind of was like a simpsons <laughs> episode in that way where yes. it's like there's always an inciting incident which then leads you somewhere completely different <laughs> by the end of the episode oh <laughs> Um, yes, this felt very much like 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 a Simpsons structure where it was like, hey, you know this thing we started out with? Nothing to do with anything. Here's yeah, a yeah, fun yeah. montage of Fran meeting Dr. Quinn Medicine Woman. Yep, yep. So we'll get so the episode starts. We're in Mr. Sheffield's office, and we find out that he has written a novel which no one is allowed to read. And no sooner does he say that does Fran which, saunter which, in. Which like oh okay. <laughs> yeah i was like oh i guess i guess i guess that's something he could have done we've never established he writes or has written or well yeah anything but sure well that's the thing it's much like how we liked last week's episode you know i'm, I'm having his baby for the fact that it was fun, but also really like earned and, you know, everything kind of happened as it naturally should. This felt more like filler episode where it's just like, <laughs> yeah, sure. Mr. Sheffield writes, I guess. We'll never address this again. <laughs> we'll never hear about this ever again for the rest of time. Mr. Yep. Sheffield, Mr. Sheffield's secret novel. <laughs> yes. Yes. Well, so he's like saying, you know, and no one's allowed to read it. And just as he yeah. says that, Fran saunters in with a manuscript in hand going, I read your novel, Mr. Sheffield. I loved it. Yeah. <laughs> and at first he's like, I rate. He's like, I had that marked in a file labeled private in a you know desk drawer saying like, do not open, blah, blah, blah. But then he's like, but wait, you liked it? Yeah. <laughs> and um, it's in true Mr. Sheffield form, he the second he finds out that she has compliments for him, he becomes um completely like calm yeah. and it's like classic narcissist yeah so uh to the point where she's even like 
yeah, you know that script you told me I had to get to Mandy Patinkin before noon or else he wouldn't be in your new play? I didn't do it. I was too busy reading. And Cece's like, what? And Mr. Sheffield's like, it's fine. It's fine, Miss Babcock. Go on, Miss Fine. What were you saying? Um, and she's like- Although well, oh. he goes, he goes, it's fine. It's fine. He's like, uh, Miss Babcock will take the script to him now. Miss Fre- uh, Fine, go on. What were you saying about my novel? <laughs> Um, and, and then CZ leaves going like, I'm never going to get to the airport in an hour. <laughs> well, Niles goes, she's right, sir. She needs at least one other person on her broomstick to take the carpool lane. <laughs> oh, which is very funny. But so, but Fran's like, oh, I just loved it. You know, a, a handsome, successful movie producer, widowed in the prime of his life. And, and so we're instantly like, oh, okay. Mr. Sheffield just wrote like a fanfic about his own life. And then she's like, and I love that sarcastic over the hill house boy. And Niles <laughs> is like, clearly like what? Um, and she's like, and that sexy governess, like their chemistry was just off the charts. And Mr. Sheffield was like, oh, you liked that. And she's like, oh yeah. And how they finally like, you know, they finally like consummated on their wedding night. And she's like, oh, and he's like, it's fine. They don't get married. And then in a very knowing wink at the audience way, she goes, I'm just telling you what the, what the public wants. Yeah. <laughs> Cause it's no. very, or yeah, yeah. Uh, well, yeah, I'm just, just you, what yeah. the people want. Yeah. It's yeah, very yeah. meta moment. Um, yes, and you go like, well, what is this episode setting up? And then, uh, the episode's like nothing. That was all B plot. So now let's move to the next scene. Uh huh. And, <laughs> Yeah, post-credits. <laughs> yeah, post-credits. Now we get a, we get Sil- Fran is about to eat some chocolate cake and Sylvia like knocks on the door to the house and is just like, no! <laughs> you spit that out. <laughs> she, she sees her through the window of the kitchen door. Uh, so funny. She's like, no! <laughs> yeah. And then she comes in and she starts eating the cake, which I don't know if you noticed, but she's eating food in every scene that she's in. So yeah. she's eating something. It's great. Oh yeah, well, there's a great line alluding yeah. to that. Uh, um, and and we learn here that Sylvia has been tasked with throwing the bris party for uh, for her nieces, her nieces, her new niece, baby. right? Yeah, what was uh-huh. it, niece Janine? Yeah. Or because she's like, she's like, your cousin Janine's son is getting is going to get circumcised, and they want to have the bris at our apartment. Um, cousin Susan, that's cousin what it was. Susan, cousin yeah. Susan, <laughs> cousin Sylvia. Susan. Sylvia yeah, goes, yeah. I don't want to do it. I'll just tell them I'm getting a hysterectomy. <laughs> <laughs> and she, and friend goes, Mom, that's like your thirteenth hysterectomy. <laughs> yeah, very funny, very funny. But then Sylvia's kind of like, but I guess I have to do it because otherwise I'm never going to get invited to their uh, Florida home in winter again. Yeah, and then uh, Brayton comes in with a camcorder. Mm-hmm. And again, it really feels like this episode was just like, and then this happens, and then this crazy thing happens. Uh huh. Um, so like, then Brighton comes in with a camcorder, and we get like these like POV shots from the camcorder, and we get like a funny scene where he's like filming Fran's chest, and then he's like filming Sylvia eating, and she's like, "I don't like to be filmed when I'm eating," and it's like all this food in her mouth. Well, that was the best line, which is she's like, she's like, I don't like to be filmed while I'm eating, and then Fran goes. <laughs> That's why there's more footage of Bigfoot than her <laughs> because she eats um, all the time. And like, this is all just like to set up that they're going to ask uh, Brighton, Brighton to film the bris. And no one stops to tell Brighton what a bris is, which well, they assume I, he knows, which 
It felt like Which an we insane had- assumption to me because like I'm Jewish and I wouldn't have known what a bris was at this age. I, no one told me what a bris was until my first nephew was born, you know, or like, my cousin know. rather. I think I knew what a bris was, but e- well, either way, there's also this thing going on, which they clearly do just for this episode where they establish that, you know, Brighton needs a little more direction. Like he should have some ambition. So it's yeah. like, Hey, she's like, you should uh, start filming things with this camcorder and maybe you'll be a Hollywood producer someday. You know, she kind of just, yeah. kind of just comes out of nowhere. Like let's give Brighton a task and something to do in some direction. We'll pay him to film the bris. And this, I, this is what ties the A and B plot together, basically. That like kind Fran of, thinks yeah. that giving Brighton a job will give him a sense of purpose. No, yeah. so she suggests. He I, the and here's the thing: I, I feel like we're complaining a lot, but like I thought this episode was really, really funny. Like it had like so much funny stuff in it, <laughs> and it was like so <laughs> wacky and great. It was just like structurally so unexpected, and like I, I and like you know felt like you said felt very like here's a bunch of stuff happening. You know <laughs> we. It's funny. Yeah. Um, yeah it's funny. I don't know. I, you know, you get 22 episodes to write. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Of course. Totally. Um, well, and then we- So we well, cut to the bris. Well, no, we cut to the foyer the day of the bris. Right. And Mr. Shaviel is telling her how impressed he is with how she got Brighton <clears throat> motivated and by giving him that little extra push. And she's like, well, you know, I have great instincts for this kind of thing. Uh, that's why I sent your novel to a publisher. Yeah. And I I wrote, what a throwaway B plot. Am I right? Yeah. Yeah. Um, And he's like, Ms. Vine, how could you do that to me? And she's like, you know, you, you just said it. Like, I'm good at giving people that little extra push that they need. And so I just did that for you. Uh, So you're like, okay, fine, whatever. Okay, cool. Whatever. (laughs) But then we cut to the breast. This was hilarious. This is a great, there's so much good stuff in this scene. I don't like, like, (laughs) First, we learned that like they, they the baby's really ugly. They love ugly babies on the show, so we learned that this this baby's also like hideous. And um, and Fran and Sylvia sneak into the kitchen to like you know smack talk how sh- how ugly this baby is, and then cousin Susan comes in and they're like, oh my god, the baby's beautiful. <laughs> yes. <laughs> And and they're like lying to like cousin Susan and cousin Susan sees right through it and then she takes a bite of this sandwich and she goes, "What is this Costco mustard?" And Sylvia's like, "Oh, oh my god!" And she walks out and there's a beat and then Sylvia goes, "How did she know that it was Costco mustard?" And she's like, "Cause it is, mom." And she's like, "But I put it in the gray poupon jar. What is she a mustard tester?" Yes, yes, yes. And then also there's like you know there's tons of people in the apartment. There's these like two uncles arguing about being owed money for like parking from 1972. <laughs> like, like I paid for parking when we saw Fiddler on the Roof in 1972. And the other guy's like, you kept drinking out of my Coke. And I was like, this is hilarious, but also um, really, really uh, serves to sell the Jews are, are cheap and money. Cheap. <laughs> yeah, but it's, but it's also like I've heard – family members have very similar conversations, maybe not quite as petty. It's obviously being exaggerated for comedy, but like, yeah, people I've, 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 I've known people in my family who have had some kind of weird debt to someone else over something very seemingly minimal. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Well, and then we had and like one of the ugly baby jokes made me laugh because well, we get a great Yetta scene. Yeah. Well, because yeah. then Yetta's is there and she goes, she points to the bassinet and goes, Fran, 
you let a mangy pet in here. It's not sanitary for the baby. And then she's like, yeah, that is the baby. And I, this made me laugh in a couple ways. A, it's just a funny joke. Oh, because, yeah. well, yeah, it's like, oh, I shouldn't have given it the meatball I found on the floor. <laughs> 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 Which was very funny. But also, I don't know about you, but like the whole thing being sanitary and things sanitary for babies, like that was a huge part of my childhood. Same. Uh, yeah. And it's like, I think it is a sort of a, a germophobic strain runs for Jewish people. Maybe because yes. like anxiety is also it such is. a big overlap. Yes. But like, you know, we were not allowed to share drinks with other no. people, even with people in the family. Like you had your own spoon. You didn't like, you know, ever take a spoon and put it into somebody else's ice cream. Like, yep. It was always like, that's not sanitary. There were always certain drinks that we were allowed to sip and certain drinks we weren't. Weirdly enough, like my mom (laughs) would not share milk with anyone, but my mom (laughs) would take a sip from my water glass if she wanted to. (laughs) And that would be like, my own mother would go, Toya, that's my water. That's not sanitary. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But yeah, there is a lot of that. There's a lot of that. My grandfather used to call me the fingerprint expert because (laughs) at three years old, I had a penchant for touching things. The the worst crime committed by a (laughs) three-year-old. Like I, we would go to their house and we would leave at the end of like a, a dinner and he would be like, well, now I've got to go Windex everything because the fingerprint expert was here. And like, I, it was like years later that I went like, oh, fuck you. Like, yeah, I touched stuff at the three-year-old's level. Like, sorry yep. that I didn't know not to touch the giant mirrored walls in like the living room. So, I, I mean, think maybe you know. older people just have less and less tolerance for the like my grandparents were like fucking like late 40s at that time you know what i mean like i mean my mom had me she was like you know in her like late 20s like so like my grandparents could have only been like 49 50 maybe like it's not like they were that old it gives you an appreciation for what like your parents had to go through when you spent time with your grandparents yeah yep yeah anyway (laughs) tangent but yep tangent smangents um but okay so yeah yetta thinks the baby's a dog this is all to say we're basically building up to the second half of the episode which is brighton is now filming they're gonna do the bris fran is like brighton brighton you gotta film it film it he starts filming realizes what's happening as Uh like the the you know the the Moyle, Moyle, the Moyle pulls the you know the scissors out and gets all ready. And they you know like you know they don't you know your Brighton is like seeing the baby and he's like oh no and he starts to realize what's happening and he passes out. Yeah, and then you get like Sylvia and like Fran like looking very closely at the camera, going like you know are you awake? Hello, hello, you know yeah. you're gonna and miss like, it. You're gonna miss. They're it. like Brighton, you don't get a take too. And then they yeah. hear everyone go Mazel Tov. So they've com- he's completely missed yeah. the thing he was tasked to film yeah. because it turns out he did not know what a bris was, and he, uh, as we know, he's a big wimp. Because remember when he passed out and peed his pants in the park? <laughs> yes, he's always passing out and peeing his pants. Uh-huh. Um, but so we then cut to a week later. Fran is in the kitchen and Niles is like, you know, it's fine. It's been a week since the brisk fiasco. You got to let it go. And she's like, 
I can't let it go. Like Brighton's humiliated. He feels like a failure. My mother is banned from the Florida house. Um, <laughs> she was like, you know, my instincts are clearly awful. And she's like, what, what's next? We're going to find out that hey, Mr. Sheffield's book isn't good. And then he comes right. And you in, go like, oh yeah, this is happening. Okay. Yeah. So this, yeah, this is now that she's losing her instincts. That's the, you know, she's fearing that all of her, you know, sort of powers are, are fading away. And at this point, weren't you, I, like, cause like at this point I was trying to figure out like, what is this episode going to be about? Like, is this episode now about, cause I thought, oh, the bris is going to be at the end of the episode, but like, it's not. And so now I'm like, well, so what is this? This is about an episode about her getting her groove back. And then, yeah, no, it's not yeah. That. yeah, because because so Mr. Sheffield comes right again. He's like, Miss Fine, my book was rejected from every publisher. They hated it. Like, why did you do this to me? And she's like, oh, my God, like I pushed Brighton to do the bris. I pushed Mr. Sheffield to try to publish his novel. Like, you know, yeah. I, I'm losing my powers. No sooner does she say that, does Brighton come running and going, um, Fran, did you submit the video from the bris to America's wackiest home videos, which is of course America's you, funniest video. Yes, yeah, which you know Rest in peace, Bob Saget. Yes. Well that's the thing is I think a lot of our younger viewers will have no idea what America's funniest home video is because now the internet is just America's funniest home videos. But back in the day mm. before TikTok and Instagram and viral videos, uh people used to yeah. Well, there was this show called America's Funniest Home Videos hosted oh by Bob Saget. And beautiful. people oh used God. to, if they had a funny home video, the only way to share it with other people would be to, you would send it in to America's Funniest Home Videos. And if it got chosen, it would air. I just they had would- an identity crisis as you explained all of this <laughs> to a potential audience that wouldn't, that would need to have this much explanation for what this show was. Oh, yeah. Man. Yeah. Oh, Tori, I want You're 41. Die. You're 41. No, oh, my. You. oh so, but I, so, yeah. No. And then, you know, it was a half an hour show. Wait, are like, VHS just eight tracks? Oh, no. <laughs> so then, you know, America would watch every week and it would just be a compilation show of yeah, funny I mean, videos. it was, yes, it was YouTube before you. It was like if someone collected the funniest stuff on YouTube, but it wasn't really that funny because it wasn't like people making content for people. It was like, a guy falls off a roof or like a, you know, kid gets hit in the balls at a baseball, you know, a softball game or, you know, like grandma falls off stool. Like it wasn't always people getting, it wasn't it was like mostly jackass. people falling well, off of stuff. But it wasn't like jackass, which was like really, really painful stuff. It was always like, there was always sort of a limit to it. Like, didn't we hear once in some interview there, or maybe I did where Bob Saget was saying like, there always was sort of um, a consciousness of, Nothing where someone was like going to get really hurt, like yeah. nothing where it was going to be like, you know, anything sad at the end of it because of the joke or the yeah, prank. It was just like funny. It was just like funny, light, you know, like, again, it was like, oh, grandma fell down, like, yeah. and like went boop, you know, like, or like, you know, baby falls on the ice it or was, like, yeah. stuff like that, you know, or like, you know, or like a kid has a cute interaction with a cat. Yeah. Yeah. Literally just, um, YouTube or honestly something like this which is like you know uh, a little boy passes out filming his cousin's breasts and misses it like that's that so that part of it was very believable that like that would happen another day is here and you're ready for it what to wear check breakfast lunch and dinner check planning for what's next and how to save for it that's where Bank of America can help 
For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Right, so so well, go ahead. So what so, happened? Yeah. So he's like, Fran, you know, did you submit the video? Because like it got in and we're getting a free trip to Los Angeles, like to Hollywood. And she's like, I'm back, baby. So it's like her, ide- her identity crisis, which lasted like 30 over. seconds and that scene is over. And she's like, and Mr. Sheffield's like, but what about me and my novel? And she's like, oh, Mr. Sheffield, you, you hired me to nanny your kids. If you want someone to fix your problems, get a wife. And she just like walks out, <laughs> which then takes us into territory that you could not have predicted would happen nope. at any point in this episode, which nope. is they are now on the CBS lot in Hollywood. Like we yep. have like the B-roll of the plane, like the yep. music playing of like going out to Hollywood, showbiz so land. And, you know, then there's all these like Hollywood lot jokes which is like, it's, you know, they have a map and they can't figure out where lot number six is. And they're asking like the security guard and the security guard that like, gives Mr. Sheffield a headshot, but then finds out he's actually a theater producer, not a movie producer. So he takes it back. Like, you know, there's just a lot of like all that stuff going on. And basically while they're wandering around looking for the studio that they filmed the show in, Fran's like, you know, I got to find a bathroom. Like I'll catch up with you later. So she wanders off. Onto the set of Dr. Quinn Medicine Woman. <laughs> You're literally like, yeah, it's, it's so easy to get lost in this episode. It's a different plot every 10 minutes. <laughs> I, laughed, I laughed so hard just at like the randomness of it. I was like, what? <laughs> I mean, I will say this. I uh, worked with Jane Seymour once. She was the nicest lady on the planet of Earth. Like she was on a, an episode of Franklin Bash and she was like, so 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 cool and like funny and charming and sweet and awesome and i was like oh man this lady's the best she was i mean that was a very popular show yeah it was but she's just incredibly incredibly charming lady um and and really sweet so i when she popped up on here i was like oh this will be a fun interaction and it was fun but like it's just so random and then friend gets kicked <laughs> off the lot because she well, because, or pooped well, in goes, their fake bathroom on Dr. She goes, she goes, she looks at Jane Seymour and she goes, where'd you get that coat? Did you get it from like the mercantile or whatever? And then, and then Dr. Quince or Jane Seymour's like, well, that's just a fake store. It's a set. And she goes, is everything here fake? Like a John in your, in your office, <laughs> in your like medicine woman office. And so yeah, she gets kicked off for using a fake toy. Mm-hmm. And then we get a couple scenes where she's trying to sneak back onto the lot and it's like she keeps getting like like removed. She like tries to sneak in on like a on like a poster for Murphy Brown and <laughs> which so we don't have time to explain what Murphy Brown is, but suffice to say, it was a sitcom. And then she like tries to sneak in another way and then, you know, and then like these security guards kept carrying her out by her arms and this 
just culminates in like her eventually meeting the the Sheffields as they are leaving. Like hours yeah. have now passed. Yes. No one came to look for Fran. But she completely <laughs> missed the filming or the taping. She missed the taping of the show of the of the America's Funniest Home Videos like show, and we find out that Brighton lost um, to these two twins who like submitted a funny video. But then we get a weird payoff to even this, where then Fran's like, oh, is Brighton sad? And Mr. Sheffield's like, well. And then we see Brighton walk out with two, like, 14-year-old twin. twin girls on his arm. Well, because he's like, she's like, did he win? And he's she's, he's like, no, like, you know, he, he lost to the Johnson twins, uh, or whatever the name was. And then she's like, oh, is he devastated? And he goes, no, because he met the Johnson twins. And then, you know, he's walking, and he goes, I love show business. <laughs> with these two girls on either arm. So, yeah, so that's. <laughs> That, that was happened? literally it. Oh, well, no. And then, and then we home. yeah, we get a beat where we see Niles. They played it like it's the first time they've made this joke, but like it really wasn't, you know, like we just because earlier on they described the butler character as like this guy who sort of lives vicariously through the guy that he's working for. And like that in Mr. Like, Sheffield's novel. In Mr. Sheffield's novel. Yeah. And that he like smokes his cigars when he's not there and drinks his booze when he's not there. And then we see in this last scene, Niles is, of course, smoking his cigar, you know, Mr. Sheffield's cigars and drinking his booze and reading Mr. Sheffield's novel. Oh. And we get, then we see Cece's also reading the novel and they both have different parts of the novel. So they <laughs> trade parts of the novel. And then Mr. Sheffield walks in and catches them. And then we, and then we get a payoff to the novel thing in that he gets a, a letter in the mail that says like, they're going to publish his novel and he like leaves the room. And Fran's like, you know, oh, I, I actually, I just like hired someone to say they're going to publish it. I paid to have it published. And, you know, Niles is like, well, how do you know, like, they're not going to just like include the bill in like a no, letter. Basically, no, she goes, he, he, Mr. Sheffield is like, someone's going to publish my novel. And he like walks off super excitedly. And then Niles goes, how much did you pay to get that published? And she goes, $2,500. But he's never going to find out. What? Are they going to include the bill in the letter? And then we just hear him go, Ms. Vine! So yep. they clearly did. And he knows that no, she no, 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 And we'll never, hear about, we'll never hear about his novel again. No, we'll never hear about it. But yeah, so it was a very wacky episode. And it, it had laughs, wacky. but it was it was definitely, like, there was fun to it. And My dude, I mean, it was really, wacky. Do you think that she was a big, that Fran Drescher was a big, dr quinn fan because they mentioned that show a lot yes it was also a huge show at the time so maybe they were like friends with jane seymour or maybe it was on the same network is also oh, yeah, it possible definitely was. Yeah, it definitely was so, so was murphy brown yeah yeah so that then that's so yeah so it was nbc that not cbs that looked like the nbc lot i thought so oh, it, was, it was nbc uh universal lot i believe oh, okay yeah. okay um and that was the whole episode yeah yay it was a. Uh, Man, what a weird episode. I liked it, though. I laughed a lot of times. I mean, it was very, very funny. It was like a series of vignettes, and each vignette was charming and funny. Yeah, I, that's fair. That's fair. All right, segments. Segments. And now, segments. So, segments. Yeah, no, I think we should move on to segments. I to say, we can move on to our segments. And now, segments. Segments. Uh, with Sean and Toria. <laughs> Um, I, I actually liked a Maggie line for the, maybe the first time ever, like placing in my favorite line. Uh-oh. Um, 
it's when Brighton comes in with the video camera, he's like following Maggie around. It's clearly like kind of torturing her and teasing her. And she's like, Brighton, if you don't get that camera out of my face, you're going to be able to hit the record button by uh, pressing your navel. You know, basically meaning it's going to be in his body. And he goes, oh, yeah, like you're going to shove it down my throat. And she's like, <laughs> guess again. <laughs> She'll shove it up his butt. Yep. I did like that. It was great. Uh, I liked when Fran, when she's encouraging Brighton to start like making videos, she's like, you could be a big Hollywood producer. And, you know, I wouldn't mind moving to Beverly Hills. I'm three hours younger there. <laughs> So silly. Um, I liked the Costco mustard grape coupon run. I loved Yetta's whole thing. We talked about that. I really liked at one point, Cece says, Maxwell, I can't believe you will let me read your first novel. I've never been so insulted in my life. And Niles goes, you've never been so insulted. Well, now I'm insulted. Mm -hmm. <laughs> um, I also liked the line about um, who I, I think Fran's talking to Sylvia on the phone and she goes, yes, I think serving miniature Franks at a bris is tasteless. Yeah, yeah. They got a lot of good bris jokes. In, Cause she also goes, you know, Hey, we're going to be late for the bris, everyone chop, chop. Yeah. And then she goes, ha. <laughs> yeah. Um, you mentioned this, but I loved when Sylvia and Fran are like trash talking how uh, they're trash talking the baby talking about how incredibly ugly it is. And then someone's like, what do you think of the baby? And they both just go, beautiful <laughs> the way they say beautiful made me laugh really hard yeah beautiful, beautiful. they said it the exact same way too uh -huh. it's really cute yeah um and i again i really like that line where sylvia says she doesn't like to be filmed while eating and fran goes which is why there's more footage of bigfoot than her <laughs> yeah um i think that was it for me um yeah yeah i mean there was you know we talked about a lot of them too in there there was a lot of Good jabs mm -hmm. and stuff. Mm -hmm. um, all right. Well, so Yiddish. Yeah. I mean, I guess Briss counts, right? Yeah. Well, yeah, we have Yenta, which we get a lot, which is a busybody. But yeah. um, so Briss, I mean, it's, I don't think it's, I don't know if it's a Yiddish word, but, you know, for anybody who doesn't know, which they, everybody listening probably does. I got to say, I'm really excited. I was really hoping, I, I said to myself before we started even recording this, I was like, oh, I hope. The trivia this week is just like a brief history on brisses. So I'm, yes. I'm going to settle there, in. I can't there wait. There you go. So <laughs> the practice is rooted in Genesis. When God instructs Abraham to circumcise, circumcise himself and all of his descendants as a sign of their contract with God. Oof. Um, so it was basically like, you know, uh, God told Abraham to do this and all other Jews will do this and it will be like a... A, uh, a token, a symbol yeah. of of our tribe, basically. Man, God really comes in hot, huh? He's <laughs> like, hey, 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 Abraham, Abraham, Abraham. Yeah, God? Mutilate your mutilate your penis for me. <laughs> your dick. And he's um, like, what? And he's like, yeah, man, I mean, I did just deliver you from slavery. So, like, it's kind of like, the least you could do. And he's like, uh, Okay. I'd be like, can't we just wear like a pen or something? <laughs> what, um, about, what about wristbands, God? Yeah. Mm, nah. Yeah. It is, it is a token of the covenant. Oof. And it is observed. It's commonly observed by uh, both uh, Abrahamic religions, which is Judaism and Islam. Yeah. And it's performed by a moil who is a ritual circumcision. Yeah, Islam, our brothers from another mother. Yep. 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 <laughs> um, but so, yeah, circumcision is performed by a, a moil or a ritual circumciser, and it also includes a baby naming. So it's when you reveal the baby's name too, traditionally at least. 
It takes about a minute for babies, uh, but the standard surgical protocol lasts more than 10 minutes. <laughs> wow. And then this was interesting to me. I never thought about moils more than I did when researching this, but a moil is an, it's an actual job. And the salary of a moil in the US ranges from 22000 to 77000 wow. a median salary of 44250 I wonder how many babies you have to you have to circumcise yeah, right? like is that is that like a every day of the week job or is it like twice a week and you make 70 grand a year you know <laughs> I would imagine you could charge a lot if you're a good moil cuz no one wants to no one wants to uh you know No one wants a dirty moil I'll tell you that <laughs> well, you don't want to be bargain hunting for your moil. Like there's a lot on the line. I mean, I would, uh, the first thing I would look at is his fingernails. <laughs> oh, well, it says the moil is specially trained in circumcision and the ritual surrounding the procedure. Many are doctors or rabbis and some are both or cantors and are required to receive appropriate training, both from the religious and medical fields. So, oh. Yeah. So you can't just no just no one can just walk up and be a All right. Oil. So good to know for us a possible career pivot. Okay. But anyway, so yeah, so that's, you know, now I learned something, you learned something, hopefully our listeners learned something about circumcision and brisses yeah. and oils. Listen, one- who did you ever think that when you said let's do a nanny podcast, we would uh, spend so much time talking about circumcision? I mean, I hoped. <laughs> <laughs> but so for nanny trivia, um, so Fran gets thrown out of this. This is from IMBD. Fran gets thrown oh, no. out of the <laughs> Well, this is actually in goofs, but I think it works as trivia. Okay. Frang, uh, she gets thrown out of the studio several times during this episode, once for trespassing on the set of Dr. Quinn. However, the actual set of Dr. Quinn was several miles away from the main studios. Oh, Thanks, uh, IMDB. So when the Yeah, it's a real gotcha. Well, also, when I was uh, going down a rabbit hole of Dr. Quinn, uh, there was uh, a headline about Jane Seymour, and it just made me laugh, so I wanted to include it. It went, Pilates, self-love, and one meal a day. How Jane Seymour stays young at 71. Oh, my God. One meal a day? Oh, oh no, Jane. I know. You don't need to do all that. You're 70. I know. <laughs> Eat a bunch. I know. It just made me laugh that it like wasn't even like a, a negative headline. It was like, uh, hey, yeah. <laughs> um, really? and I hope it's like a steak. <laughs> no, it's just like a little bit of chicken and a lot of vegetables, some greens. Oh, it sucks. Sounds like my diet right now. I mean, it's basically like intermittent fasting. She's but, grazing. Oh god, oh god. I mean, I'm like, I'm lightheaded just thinking about it. No, I mean, listen, whatever makes her happy, you know whatever. Good for her, I guess. One but that just day. doesn't seem like a lot. Also, I just feel like self-love and one meal a day are a little, <laughs> um, like they don't really go Counter, together. Counterintuitive. <laughs> yeah. um, Fran or the CC? Hmm. I, hmm. Okay. So in this episode- Well, I'm a registered moil. So which character is the registered moil? <laughs> and I cut off baby uh, foreskin. So. <laughs> no, well, I- You're see- an unregistered moil. <laughs> <laughs> uh we'll see okay so cc wasn't really in this but Fran does a lot of pushing and meddling which yeah, I, are you a meddler I, yeah I, i've said on the record i i try i i'm trying to be better about it but i can meddle for sure yeah you're the ganta yep i am oh i'm all yachting. have um, you ever taken a tour of the of the wb lot and gotten kicked out not kicked out or no. A lot? no universal yes 
<laughs> I'm not allowed back at Universal City Walk. <laughs> <laughs> uh, um, this was a fun episode. It was very, very, very all over the place. Um, and it did very much feel like a Simpsons episode where, you know, the setup is really not for the payoff. It's just it's just to get you to an, a new weird place. Um yeah, I mean, really, the first half of this episode is just setting up all the things they need to do to, to to like justify getting them to Hollywood. Yeah, yeah. I'm trying to think if there was like would be another more earned way of getting them there. Nope. Like, <laughs> not a single. I mean, not way. not in the context of like someone. I mean, they already did Jeopardy. You know. Yeah. So like they they couldn't do like someone's on a game show, so they had to do like someone wins something and has to go to Hollywood for it. And like, what else was there really at this time? You know, other than like, I feel like this is the equivalent of like if they did this show today, this would be like the reality show episode. But it's where, like, like, don't you think there's like maybe a there's a way where it's it starts off where we just find out that Brighton had submitted something to America's Wackiest Home Videos, so that's like a plot, like. Oh guys, we're all going to Hollywood, California. Then they go and then they go out there and then you know, they could have potentially had, you know, either a special guest or just an actor playing right. a famous person where maybe Fran meets him on the set of the lot right after she's had the funny Dr. Quinn jokes and maybe the plot of that episode is like she's getting sort of like, you know, romanced by a Hollywood actor and Mr. Sheffield's getting jealous. I'm and, into it. Listen. You know, Peter, when the show gets rebooted, yeah. we're here. We're available. Yeah, there we go. We'd love to play. We'd love yeah. to write an episode. We'd or be honored. Or we'll just uh, continue to backseat drive. Yeah, or we'll your... backseat drive. But uh, you know, uh, we, either way, we're forclimped to be to be talking mm-hmm. about the nanny. Mm-hmm. We love it. Um, yep. All right. Listen, okay. on that note, if you like what you're here, or if you do want us to just write an episode and post it online and give <laughs> you guys some fanfic, maybe we'll do that. Now, oh, should we do that? Okay. Oh okay. 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 Let's not get ahead of ourselves. Okay. But uh, if people are interested in that kind of thing or anything, you can always find us on social media at Oh Mr. Chef Pod, uh, Instagram, Twitter. We're all over the place. And you know yeah, you know what we should do. Hmm. We should write what the finale episode should have been, as as inspired by what we've heard from Peter and Fran in interviews. Okay, that can be a challenge. I'm into that. I am okay. very into that. An alternate finale episode. Uh huh. I'm into we'll it. Start it with like a fir- a few lines saying like, you know, this and such and such didn't happen. This is a reality where like this is actually the like timeline we're living in. You know, yeah. they didn't get married. They didn't have twins. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. What is the real ending of the- what would they have wanted if the show had ended at season three or four? What would they have wanted the show to be? With no mm-hmm. studio interference of like get them together, get them married. Yeah. Oh, that's cute. So it ends. Mm-hmm. Mm. All right. Yeah, we'll have to talk about it. That's fun. Uh-huh. All right. Uh, listen. If you like this show, please, please uh, rate and review it on Apple Podcasts and Spotify um, and tell people and share it and stuff so that more people listen to it because it's fun to do. And we will be back next week with season three, episode 12 of The Nanny and also season three, episode 12 of Oh, Mr. Chef Pod. Bye. Bye. The Flushing Girl from Flushing. Name Fran. Oh, Mr. Sheffield. Uh, uh, Miss Fine. <laughs> <laughs>